0: Welcome to Catholic Radio for Katie Anna's presentation of Cajun Catholics. Here's your host, Todd Citron. Name of the Father, and the Son, and the
1: Holy, Holy Spirit. Spirit. Amen.
2: Heavenly Father, we, we ask you to, to come into this room with us at this moment and to guide us in our talks. Anything that you want us to talk about, allow the Holy Spirit to bring into our minds. We ask you to, to send your Blessed Mother to intercede for us as we pray. Hail Mary. Full, Full of grace, grace, the Lord is with thee. Blessed art thou amongst women, and, women, and blessed, blessed is the fruit of thy womb, Jesus. Holy Mary, Mother of God, pray for us sinners, sinners now and at the hour of our heart death, heart. death. Amen. And the Father, Son, Holy Amen. Spirit. Amen.
1: Welcome to Cajun Catholics. I'm your host, Todd Citrin. We feature outstanding Catholics from all over Acadiana. Today we have a great Friend, great Catholic, great Corsiester, Mr. Clint Judy, seventh generation sugarcane farmer from Franklin, Louisiana. Welcome to the show, Clint.
2: Thank you. I'm glad to be here. Thanks for inviting me. We also
1: have a guest host, no, no stranger to Lafayette, Mr. Calvin James. Calvin, welcome to the show.
2: Thank you for having me.
1: All right, Clint, tell us tell us a little bit about yourself.
2: Well, like you said when you introduced me, I'm a I'm a seventh generation sugarcane farmer, so it's kind of been in my blood for a long time. Uh, have uh, my uh, my wife of. 28 years uh emmy judy's and i have uh four kids um hayden who's married connor who'll be getting married in september my third is noah and um uh, my, my caboose is ethan ethan, ethan michael uh so I've been blessed with a beautiful family and uh i guess uh my faith life journey really started whenever whenever i made my christia because you know i always had a well not always i guess you could say uh I was out there wandering like a lot of them for, for many years, you know, just uh, going through the motions, you know, mechanical, Catholic, and it uh, wasn't until my oldest son, um, Hayden, was actually, uh, started school, got to where he used to make his first communion. And uh, one of the uh, requirements by um, the priest at the time is the parent had to make a holy hour with their, with their kid before he made his first communion. so. At the time, I didn't even know there was an adoration chapel in our parish, much less having ever been there. So I, I tell my wife, you know, all right, I'll take care of it. You know, I'm gonna go ahead and make the holy hour with my with my son Hayden. And um, like I say, he was 10 years old at the time, so he's 26 now. Uh, but anyhow, that was my, my first holy hour, and uh, made that holy hour with him. And after that, you know, I, I knew what that place was about. I you know kind of look at it different when I pass And I call it the be- beginning of my spiritual conversion because just that one hour with jesus even though i didn't even know what i was doing you know it it led me to eventually take my own holy hour and uh you know made my crusia not long after that and just uh realized when i made my christia that you know i think the biggest thing for me was that my faith wasn't you know before i made my christia my faith was something private something i kept you know to myself something that you know i thought you know i'd kind of do it in the privacy of my home my prayer life and all whatever but after i made my christia i realized that our faith is a gift and a gift is something that we have to go out and we have to share it with others and we have to live it and you know it, it um, kind of that that was the beginning of, of my spiritual conversion and you know we can talk more about it or, you know as sure
1: sure there. so clint tell me um early in your life you know I have a couple questions one would be who was the spiritual leader in your family maybe someone who really was the rock and and at what age do you ever remember really getting involved in your faith at, at what age
2: well really um it wasn't until i was married and had kids you know mm-hmm. yeah you know, just uh, we uh you know once once i had kids and you know you always want more for your kids and you know i wanted you know i started to realize that you know i needed to be that that Role model and example for my kids. If I wanted them to have more than I had, because I, you know, I, I'm ashamed to say I didn't have the best faith in life growing up. As far as living my faith and practicing it, and you know, uh, but that was a uh,
1: sure. That's, that's like that's many expected, of us, yeah. you know. A lot of us didn't. I certainly did not, you know. But I know that uh, anyone who's ever hung out at Crusoe knows Clint is like. He's, he's involved in, in, in everything, and he's a very holy man. And uh, I know that there must be something, you know, um, I feel like, I know for me, that was my conversion moment, but um, was there a moment that really things changed for you? I guess you mentioned Chrysia, but, you know, for me, after I made Chrysia, I knew nothing would, would be the same after that.
2: Yeah, and, you know, for me, I remember sitting in, one, in church one day and just hearing, you know, uh, reading a, a passage where, you know, it said, I didn't choose you didn't choose me i chose you and i really that that's that's me in a nutshell i didn't go out searching for god and, and find him he found me and called me and you know he's always he's i've been blessed to see him working in my life and and so many other people's you know from having my father-in-law you know at 70 years old had you know been alcoholic all his life never even baptized to witness him at 72 years old having received the fullness of the catholic church all the sacraments, made us see and died a holy death mm-hmm. having received the sacraments, you know, just I've God's i he's blessed me to be able to witness that. Just, you know, if, he's always used baseball in my life to to, you know, for me to experience his faith through baseball. You know, it's coaching baseball, coaching this group of kids that, you know, we've um, he's he's gave us success to honor him through the game of baseball, and I've watched those kids just convert many people along the way. And there's many, you know, there's a lot of testimonies and close moments that you know we sure. we have experienced as a team. I want
1: Calvin to jump in here. I want to lose my thought. Just real quick, I heard this the other day. God, you know, wanted somebody to play catch with in baseball, and he, and so that's why he brought Jesus uh, into into the picture. And Jesus and him play catch all the time, and that the motion between the the baseball between them catching and pitching is the Holy Spirit.
0: Amen. And I heard that recently. I thought that was well said. Go ahead, yeah. Calvin. Yeah. Well, uh, Clint talked about baseball. Uh, that's one of the biggest foundation of his belief right now in his life. I'm affiliated with the team also. I, I spiritually travel with them and uh, pray for them a lot and uh, spiritually guide some of the kids. Uh, Clint, what I want to ask you is that uh, you came a long way with the team. There's a special situation with the team that travels with the team that gets a lot of attention that has changed lives unknowingly why don't you tell us a little bit about that special box that y'all carry and some of the routine that y'all do involving the team especially when you travel
2: yeah there's a I mean since we've been the group of kids I was coaching there they're, they're uh, all turning 14 now but since we were seven eight years old we've been playing together the same little group of kids and. Uh, we have this uh this antique looking box that we carry with us it travels to all our games and uh inside the box is this big 10-foot rosary and uh we start all the games off bob we spread the rosary out and we uh you know we'll pray together as a team and uh we bring it into the dugout and the kids have there we have our holy water in there and our sacramentals and we you know we put the cross out open the, open the, uh the box and throughout the game they'll come to the cross and just pray on the cross, or they take the holy water, put it on their gloves, sprinkle it on the field, you know. And every kid on my team, when they, if if ever you see a kid take the take the ball diamond or come up to the plate and he draws a fish in the dirt, that's that symbolizes our, the wow. name. Of our team is the Crusaders, and the, that's, right. that's kind of what they're known by. And then, uh, you know, even <clears throat> kids that are not on on my team anymore, it's like that fish is stuck with them because I see them play for other teams, and you know, it's just something they just do by nature, they bend down and they, we draw a little Christian fish in a symbol and, and we say, Jesus, I trust in you. and yeah, it, uh, It's been a, a beautiful thing to watch. I'll share a quick, a quick miracle with that rosary. Um, this was, um, and I mean, I said, we, guys has blessed the little team. We've, uh, we've won uh, three state championships. We've uh, been to the World Series three times this past year, playing as, as 12-year-olds, trying to make it to um, North Carolina for the World Series. Um, we're in the Southern Regionals Championship game and uh, playing it in Vidalia. And there's one particular kid on the team, he, uh, he was born with a, a birth defect in his foot. He's, um, the bones in the bottom part of your foot are fused together where they don't flex like they should. So uh, five or six times, you know, just over the last couple of years, you know, it's, he's injured that foot to the point where, you know, you, um, it puts all the pressure on your ligaments and you'll pull that ligament, you know, whatever, and he he's out for two or three weeks, has to go to physical therapy and and then re, kind of rehab his way back into the game. And um, the plan was after the season they wanted to do surgery on it to correct it. So we're in the um, we're in the bottom of, we're in the uh, the the championship game for the Southern Regionals. Winner of that gets to go to Alexandria to play for uh, best two out of three for s- the state championship to become Team Louisiana to represent Louisiana in World Series. And uh, this particular kid is, is he's scheduled to pitch uh, for that game. He's one of our one of our better pitchers, and so we feel like. We we feel pretty good in the game because you know it's a perfect perfect scenario for us with the pitch count in the games. He's coming available to pitch, and um, you know we're we're going into the championship game. Well, the first play, the first inning of that game, he's up to bat. He hits the he hits the ball to shortstop, and he's running hard trying to beat out the throw to first base. And it's a bam bam play, and he's out. But he comes hobbling into the into the dugout, and uh. I walk up to him and man, immediately the tears just start coming out of his eyes and it's uh, I just see that look in his eyes. I've seen so many times. He said, his coach, it, it happened again," and I knew at that moment he had pulled that ligament. Mm-hmm. You know, the tears are just flowing. He's devastated. He sits down on the bench and I said, "Look, I said, you know, you we can't control. You know, things happen. You know, it's out of our control. You know, and, and I mean, you work so hard all season to get to that point. You know, and he just and, I mean, he was he was our rock on our team. And we, you know, he was you know he was he, he was scheduled to pitch. So he goes, he sits down on the dugout. They get some ice on his bag and on his uh, ankle, and I, I tell, uh, tell the rest of the, the fans, I said, you know, he's, he's done. He's out the game. And so we, we're going through the game, and the, the kid I had in there pitching, he was doing a phenomenal job, you know, pitching one of the better games of, of the year for him. And you can pitch 85 pitches in the game, and you have to come out. Well, we get to the, the, um, the top of the fifth inning, and he pitches his 85th pitch, and, it, and the, the game is 0-0. And uh, I walk in the dugout because now I got to figure out who's going to pitch because our pitching staff at that time was pretty depleted from playing a couple, you know, a couple of days in a row. So as I walk into the dugout, this kid stands up and he says, "Coach," he says, "This is crazy, but my foot doesn't hurt anymore." <laughs> and I look at him and said, "What?" He says, "Yeah, my if it, my foot it doesn't hurt." And just to back up a little bit, all through the game I'm coaching third base and I keep looking to the dugout. And they have the they have the big cross out on the rosary. One of the kids will, they'll be kneeling down by him with the big cross. And I'll I'll come back to the dugout. One of the kids will be putting holy water on his ankle. Mm-hmm. You know, all through there, you know, just they're play, they're praying with him. And they have the big rosary out the box now, and it's it's wrapped around his his shoulders. You know, he's carrying, he's he's sitting down with the big rosary wrapped around his shoulders. Before this, and when I come in the fifth inning, this is from the first all the way to the fifth. He's out the game with the big rosary wrapped around his shoulders. I walk in there and he and he tells me he stands up and says, "Man, my, my foot doesn't hurt. This is crazy." And uh, I look at him. I said, "Well, can you bat?" Because he's his spot's coming up to bat in the lineup. He says, "Yeah, I think I can." I says, "Well, can you pitch?" He says, well, "I think so." So I tell him, "Get a bat, go out and swing it." So he goes and he swings it a couple times. He's, "Yeah, I can go." So he comes up to bat. It's zero zero. We We're in the top of the sixth inning. And the coaches. I'm coaching third base. I can hear the other coach in the dugout and the coaches tell another coach Number five is back in the game. He says call timeout. We're gonna put him on and he says what he says call timeout before he calls timeout, they pitch the ball he hits a Home run over center field mm-hmm. and he runs around the bases like nothing never happened to that foot. He comes out the next game He pitches three up three down shuts them down. We make it to uh, Alexandria win two out of three in the state championship never has any problem with there we make go to we go to north carolina uh play in the world series over there he plays throughout the whole tournament no problem with that foot um we come back obviously we decide not to have the surgery we go through um, a year of football a year of basketball and we just finished another year of baseball and he's never had any Mm. problems with that ankle and the reason i know the story so well is because he's my son you know uh, (laughs) yeah Wow. Ethan. no doubt Ethan was healed by it was a miracle, by the, and it's it's not the rosary that healed him. There's nothing special, but it's a piece, it's it's, it's rope unbelief. with a cross on it. But the faith of those kids gathered around him, praying with him. You know the holy water, just the, the. I hear stories and stories of, you know, from coaches how these boys have changed their life just by, you know, encountering them. The way they accepted their faith and believed and not just believe but lived their faith on the field you know that that childlike faith that the guy calls us to i was able to witness it up close and you know it's a yeah i, I couldn't be more more blessed to be able to be the one to, to stand in as the coach but really they did all the work they just made me look good incredible.
0: i love
1: it. that's a great story yes yeah, incredible
0: you know we were talking about uh you were talking about the uh the team and how they did so well that season Well, of course, you know, I know all that information, but we could never get over a certain level each year. The team would come up to a certain level in the tournament, and they couldn't cross over to go into that big World Series. Well, uh, they decided the year before they went to the World Series that, well, actually the same year they was going to do the Pentecostal Walk. Clint is going to tell us a little bit about that, but after they decided to do the Pentecostal Walk, the very next year they made it to the World Series. So, Clint, on that note, why don't you tell us a little bit about that Pentecostal walk, how long you've been involved with it, and what it entails, just a little bit of it.
2: Okay, and it's, it's the Pentecost walk. is um, every year, um, 50 days after, after Easter, is Pentecost, and um, it's, uh, that's the weekend that it's done. And what it is is um, a bunch of different groups start from different areas, um, all with a focal point of ending it up in Prairie Roan, um on, on Pentecost Sunday. We start on a a, on a Friday. Uh, Friday morning after after mass and um, we actually carry a cross in a statue of the Blessed Mother all the way from New Iberia to uh, over over um, Friday Saturday and Sunday three-day period and um, the object of it is, is is to to take all the sacrifices of being there you know the, it's 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 when we're we're weak that we're strong you know when you're when you're on the road you're walking you know Palanca, carrying that cross as our body gets physically weak our prayers become stronger, and um, that's something we've done done as a team. For um, I've been doing it myself for you know 11, 12 years now. But as a team, you know, for probably the last three or four years, uh, making it as a team where these kids are actually, you know, a part of, you know, seeing these adult men trying to live their faith out in public. You know, you and you and we pray the rosary the whole way, and we stop and we do the stations of the cross, and it's just a um, a year of I mean a, a weekend of spiritual growth for all of us that you know you it's like a um you get out there and you 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 spend three days on the road sweating and 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 you get blisses on your feet and you you know it's a it's one of those th- those things i always tell the kids when i'm talking about it yes you know, it's, it's something it sounds crazy to, to to think about doing it but the fruits of it you know the graces that come from offering that weekend is you know it's, it's hard as it is and tough it is to make it all the way to prayer own. They're always ready to come back the the next year. You know? yeah. There's a spiritual gift of it that it's always you know it, it draws you back.
1: You're listening to Cajun Catholics. Uh, today's guest is Mr. Clint Judice, generational sugarcane farmer from Franklin, Louisiana. Um, so we glossed over it quick i know some of our listeners never heard of the term palanca, and and that's really a lot of what the pentecost by the way it's a catholic walk it's not a pentecostal walk it just happens to be at pentecost (laughs) clear that up but uh um so tell us a little how would you define palanca?
2: well the best way that that i was able to understand it is like you um is like a a leverage you know you think of a in in a in mechanical standpoint, you're trying to break a, a boat or a lug nut or something with a short handle and it's it can be impossible to move with our own strength. But you add a you add a a pipe to that, a cheetah pipe, so to speak, and you, you get some leverage on it. That's what the polonka is, thus for our prayer. It gives our prayer that leverage to to, to move that part that through grace through you know God does all the work. He just uses the sacrifice that we offer as polonka, and um, you know, it's a uh, it's it adds uh, you know, I think it was uh, Saint Augustine that said, "You want to give wings to your prayers and send them straight to heaven. Add fasting to it. You know, Poulonka does the same thing. You know, that that element of sacrifice. You know, that just as fasting. You know, that that selfless, that denying yourself. You know, it adds that that element of, of strength to your prayer that that it uh, it doesn't have without it.
1: Yeah, I made uh, Christia Pentecost weekend, and I, you know, I, I just you know one of the things when i was a little boy i always liked lsu football you know and i always thought what it would be like to run out of that tunnel you know and have all those people and and whenever i was at the kursia center pentecost weekend it was 2005 and i walked out of those doors from the kursia center we walked to the church for mass on pentecost sunday and all the walkers gather uh at kursia and they, they they fall on their knees with rosaries and they're praying and and they make a line from there to the church if any if you've never experienced that it's just it's supernatural it's yes, incredible it when i walked out of those doors you know i that was the closest thing i'll ever come to walking out of tiger stadium you know mm-hmm. it was such a, a feeling of euphoria i was really blinded by the light like paul you know when when he fell off the horse that was me and i just couldn't see and i just began to weep and you could just hear the guys praying the rosary and it was it was probably that moment for me at Cressea is something that that lasted with me forever and one of the, my testimonies is that I didn't know 90% of the people that were out were out there that had made the walk but I felt like I knew every person personally that was my experience on the other side of of the walkers you know it's like I knew everyone there and I also had this supernatural crazy feeling that there was a lot of people there that that were I don't know if they were saints or you know that that they were maybe deceased. Uh, that's kind of strange and weird, but you know, I felt like there were people there that were supernaturally there, you yes. know, yeah. in a right. crazy way. It was awesome. Yeah. But thank you for do, for for how you 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 you're such a leader on that walk.
0: Yeah. Well, uh, moving right along, I was talking about uh, Clint earlier about uh, a farmer. Him being a farmer, the farmer concept is really re- re- relevant. In the gospels, where Jesus talks about and God talks about planting seeds and reaping harvests, especially in Matthew chapter 13 with the parable of the sword. You're from a generation of farmers, and you serving God now as a farmer. Let me ask you, how does that fall into line with you with planting seeds and reaping harvests? Especially you being a believer. how can you connect that with farming and spreading the gospel?
2: Well, first of all, I couldn't imagine now being a farmer without you know having the faith that I have because it's you know it's uh, so much is out of your control. you know the weather, the rain, the, you know, if it's going to stay dry, if it's going to rain. So my faith really brings me peace through my occupation and uh, you know as we have to plant the crop. And then it's out of out of our control, so to speak. After that, just as you know, we try to live our life that God wants us to live. You know, with our faith, and you know, we can plant the seed sometimes, and it, you know, just in trying to trying to spread the gospel and trying to live our, our life. And you know, God calls us to be fishermen of men. You know, to, to bring other people to Christ. And uh, I think sometimes that you know we may plant the seeds, but we may never see the fruits of the crop. And and you know, we have to be right. willing to we have to be willing to, to be able to do that and you know throughout you know my my faith life and i I mentioned my my father-in-law you know earlier and he was i don't have time to really tell a story but he was 70 years old and never even been baptized you know you want you want to get rid of him start talking about faith another thing i wanted to mention um, on my in my spiritual life that really you know i think kind of took me and my family to the next level was we had our um our home our family enthroned to the sacred heart of jesus you know shortly after that and we we had an altar in my house set up where it became a place of, a place of prayer we put his picture on the altar and uh one night we were kneeling down after family prayer we try and come together and pray at the altar at that time as a family and we had uh we had my father they call we all called him pop we had pop's picture on the altar and one night we're saying we saying our night prayer and this the thought comes into my mind and you just god god will give you a ping or whatever and it's and the, the thought just came into my mind just as plain that said, your father-in-law is going to become Catholic this year. Mm-hmm. And it, at the time, he was on the, the bottom of his roller coaster, and, and we hadn't seen him in weeks. And we got up, and I told my wife and kids, I said, this is going to sound crazy. But I just had the craziest thought that, that Pop's going to go to RCIA this year and become Catholic. Well, even after I said it, it sounded crazy. But it was two or three days later. He has what I call his gravel gravel road experience, where he literally calls me in tears, and these arms had wrapped around him while he was driving his truck, and he just it just brought him to tears. And you know that was the that was the touch of God. God wrapped his arms around my father and says, "Look, you, you've been doing it your way for all these years, and it hasn't been working. And without having time to tell the long story, I'll just say that from there, he went on to to." To quit drinking, went through RCA, He um, received all the sacraments, like I said earlier at the at the Easter vigil. Made his after. Started spiritual grouping and coming to Altria, and he died a holy death. Amen. On on his on his deathbed when he died of cancer two years later. But you know, God, I was I was able to witness that. You know, just through the grace of God. Yes,
0: uh, Clint, uh, what was the significant of you going? Uh, to texas and talking about that experience with a, a group can't you tell us a little bit that about that
2: yeah well they had i, I got a call from um this lady they were doing a, a <clears throat> mission in conroe texas uh, it was a mission to um uh, to the sacred heart of jesus and um uh, she had heard my father-in-law story and she uh, wanted me to go and and kind of share it at the mission because um it's definitely you know the, it, it was through the enthronement in the sacred heart of jesus that my father-in-law received that special grace of conversion and you know it's a uh, it's it was you know a means for God to draw him closer to Him, but it was the cancer. My follow-on ultimately he ended up with cancer, mm-hmm. and it's through that through that suffering that God was able to really you know finish converting his heart and to be able to to uh, to. I guess seal the deal, as you would say, and <laughs> him to be able to to be in the right spot to receive the sacraments. But mm-hmm. I was able to go share his 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 full story. But like I said, it's a it's a thirty thirty minute story to, mm-hmm. to tell it all.
1: Uh, we just have a few minutes left on the show, but if I'm here and you know what what I've heard out of Clint today, you know it's 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 that you're never too young, I think to 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 make. Uh, a conscious decision to follow Christ and, 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 and lead, uh, lead an intended life. These got these boys, you know, doing that. Uh, it's amazing what Clint's done. He's, you know, you think of the Pentecost walk and some of the things we're doing for adults, but, but he's introducing this to children, you know, to kids, and I'm sure that has a profound effect on their lives. And then also with his, his father-in-law, you know, you're never too old to, to have a conversion. I think uh you know that that's that's such a beautiful testimony with just a couple of minutes left on the show you know one thing that i, I think has impressed me i don't know clint super well but he seems to have an amazing marriage uh <laughs> you know uh how does that how does that affect you i know for me that's everything for me
0: you know uh getting into that that's a good that's a good deal But i wanted to ask him about family night he's connected to that so oh, yeah yeah real quick we yeah got well minutes. no no i want him to tell yeah, us tell about it. his marriage but it's all connected to his uh his desire to bring families together
2: well and you know i I'm blessed beyond beyond words when it comes to my wife because you know I think that the the real success of a of a husband comes through is the support of his wife and you know I've been blessed my wife she's my biggest fan my biggest you know backer she supports me really unconditionally and everything and you know she's a it's because she she gives me that support that sets me free to be able to to, to do what God wants me to do is what I feel and you Amen. know, it's, uh, you know and, um, and just uh, another note on, on on those kids you know just to be able to, to be a part of their lives watch them I mean we're talking about 12 year old kids that can get together and lead a, a rosary by themselves now just to, to witness their faith and to see them you know what God has done for their faith through the game of baseball and I think what's going to I always say was going to make my coaching career was going to put just the icing on the cake for me one day I'm gonna hope to see one of those boys draw a fish on a college baseball field. Ooh, so, how, how about amen. in the major leagues? Oh All yes. In the major leagues. <laughs> <laughs> the so
1: you know, those of you who aren't familiar, Altrea is really a follow-up well, once a week uh, from Corsia. It's when men get together and and keep each other straight. You know, I say and uh, keep each other honest. But they're doing something unique in Franklin. We don't have a lot of time, but tell them how how the family's involved.
2: <laughs> yeah, and uh, like I said, what. Once a week, the men the men meet, and uh, it's kind of like you get together iron sharpens on. You know, we um, we challenge each other to continue to support each other in our faith, but then the first Wednesday of every month, we call it family night, and that's when we open it up to the wives and the children, and we have a special uh, speaker who'll come in and, and, you know, just to be able to, to receive that spiritual nugget during the middle of the week and not just count on a on the weekends going to mass and you know just to and and it also allows the kids to be able to see their their dads out living their faith and you know that's the best example we can give them is is by action and showing well
1: clint thank you for being on the show we're out of time but uh you're an outstanding catholic unleash the cajun catholic and you again god bless you and thank you for
2: being on this show thank you all right